Well, dang yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've said that, and it actually means something. But how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where this good old hillbilly interviews people that are from everyday life to see a little bit more about people out there you don't know. So you can get to know them a little better and maybe find out something cool you never realized before. But uh, thanks, anybody that actually hung in there. I'm sure my thousands of listeners, uh, you know, hung in there with me on my hiatus of uh, just COVID depression, I think. You know, it just got to the part that was hard to hard to um, create content, you know. It was just one of those things. And I finally have gotten back to a point to where I don't have to wear a mask, and they told me to wear it again, and I said... Well, boy, howdy, I'm going to start podcasting again. (laughs) But a big shout out to all my sponsors out there. Um, Thanks, everybody, that's uh, being a part of the podcast still. Thanks for everybody that's been reaching out to me to let me know that they'd love to hear some more episodes again uh, and understanding that, uh, you know, it's it's hard when it's uh, something that you just do on your own with your own motivation sometimes. But I appreciate you guys for sticking in there. And we're going to uh, we're going to get started on this new episode, I reckon. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at WellDagumPod. Check us out. We uh, will be posting little silly things here and there, hopefully again. So if you need to be in the know, you can do that. Um, a big shout-out to my, fa- my wife for having our uh, third baby. Uh, that was also something that was a hiccup in the show being <laughs> recorded. Uh, little Edie Dawn. Uh, we, uh, made another life and, uh, I think we're finished because that was a little much, <laughs> uh, props out to you, all, to all those people that have half a dozen kids or more. Um, y'all is crazy and I respect you for it. Anywho. Um, yeah, I think that's, that covers about all the bases. Um, tonight on the show, man, I'm just going right back into the original way I say things. We've got a new friend of the podcast who has never got to listen or be a part before. And, uh, we're going to christen him back into this or christen him into the show so that you can get new listens into the show without having my same old friends every week. But we have our good friend, TJ Dow Halco. Is that correct? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to call him Bean or TJ tonight. Or um, you can call me Bean. Okay. A lot well, of my friends call me Bean. I, I think I think in the part of the interview that I want to do with you, I think Bean's going to come up possibly more so. Um, but also, AKA Tyler Childers, uh, <laughs> for for my friends from back home, you'll know who that is. And uh, this guy looks spot on to Tyler Childers. Probably doesn't play a guitar like him. And he doesn't have red hair on top, but he's got the red beard, and he's he's uh, boisterous like Tyler Childers. I guess is a good a good phrase for him. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I think I introduced you to Tyler Childers because I pointed this out for you and was like, oh my gosh. And when I sent like a snap out, all of my buddies were like, "Are you for real? Is that Tyler Childers?" <laughs> well, you know Tyler Childers. He's a great he's a great artist. There you go. He is. He's won several prestigious awards. I've seen pictures of him. Right. And he looks dead on. <laughs> You'll agree with it, right? Yeah. I agree with, like, the physical <laughs> statement of me looking like Tyler Childress. There you but go. But also, like, you know, his music is it's a little sad from what I've heard. Yeah, he's most little, of it. Yeah, he's a sad country boy. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play a sad song on a sad guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everybody's right. out there doing their thing. Right. 
Now, TJ and I have become friends. Uh, we've gotten to know each other over the past few months. Um, he's been christened into my, my life, into my family's life, and uh, soon to be more so into our family's life. And the more I've gotten to know about him, the more I wanted to share a little bit of his story with the listeners out there. And it's uh, he's helped get me back into the game. He showed up and said, let's do a podcast. And I said, let's do her, old Tyler boy. And um, But some interesting things. He's got many, and I want to make more podcasts with you. But tonight, I'd really like to hit on your experience with the Appalachian Trail. Now, do you say Appalachia Trail, or do you pronounce it Appalachian Trail? Um, I think, like, a lot of people will make fun of you if you call it one thing or the other. But it depends <laughs> right. on where they're from. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think Appalachia. Appalachia. That's how you say it. Yes, it is. <laughs> Being from there, yes. You you would be correct in saying that. But it depends on if you say it pretentiously or not. Right. And I think that has a lot to do with the culture because it's about being humble. Right. Out there. Very true. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot of... The, a lot of the culture out there is very humble, right. and um, it's give and take. You give, and you take. <laughs> you give and you take, and you keep going. Now, That's what it's about. What What year was it that you got to embark on being a part of the Appalachian Trail? Because, you see, I, I said that, but I didn't really say that you've actually hiked the entire Appalachian Trail from south to north, correct? Yeah, so okay. I went northbound. I went from um, Springer Mountain, Georgia. Springer Mountain, Georgia. All the way to uh, Maine, yeah. Which is uh, there's a mountain up there called Katahdin, which Katahdin. is a sacred mountain to the people there up there. Okay. And um, I hiked pretty much the whole way. Okay. I did take some shortcuts. Yeah, you got I'm not to gonna lie about that. <laughs> you know, not a lot of people make it the whole way, but like I definitely got there. Right. To where I was going. Yeah. Okay. So, it, what year did you say that was? Uh, 2018, 2018 is when I took off. Uh, okay. April 1st. April uh, Fool's tw- Day. Yep. There you yeah. go. It's a, it's a big joke. <laughs> I never went. Surprise. I lied about the whole thing, guys. <laughs> it's all a big lie. You just waited for this moment. I never never <laughs> went there. I just lied about it the whole time. It's just a big joke. April, April Fool's Day, Day is my favorite Ooh. holiday. I'll tell you that much. That is my favorite holiday of the year. I think it became from like uh, Julius Caesar or something. Really? Yeah. Now, April Fool's is something. I do know that the the phrase joshing you, it it came back from like the 1800s when someone would take uh, coins and paint them a different color and use them as a $5 coin when they're really a a $1 coin. And his name was Josh. And they tarred and feathered him and killed him when they found out. But uh, since then, when someone tricks you, I'm just joshing. It's actually, yeah. It's like a fool's gold thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, I reckon. Um, <laughs> but now you're not from the Appalachian area, but it was a, this is a big feat for a lot of people that they want to try to do. So I guess go into a little bit about like what got you there and tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, so like I graduated college in 2017. It took me a long time. I, um, I have a disease called schizophrenia. Right. So I've been dealing with that since I was, you know, young man okay and um i've been struggling through college and stuff and i heard about the appalachian trail and i said i, I want to do that <laughs> saved up a big bunch of money and once i graduated college after years and years of studying it took me a long time in a bunch of different colleges right i said you know what i'm gonna go 
hike for a while, and I went for six months, actually almost about seven, and um, met a lot of really cool people. Um, had a lot of great experiences, memories that will never be erased. Right. And, um, you know, it was beautiful. Yeah. I loved the journey. Um, I loved everything that was about it. It keeps me going. It makes me happy. It extends on to where I'm at now. Yeah. So that kind of lifestyle definitely changes somebody. It yeah. It makes them something of a different kind of person that can see things. Maybe the abnormal and normal whatever <laughs> whichever way you want to say it <laughs> whoever's deciding right <laughs> is uh, looking at life yeah but, um you know i had a good time and uh, i think the people that are along the way and and it the vistas yes this is great yeah i've seen lots of things that like no person should see <laughs> i mean just too beautiful right like where do you even dream that stuff up right you know and um no, I had a lot of good times along the way. I learned a lot of things. Um, but beyond that, you know, I mean, like, I've learned lessons in life that are hard. Yeah. You know, I learned who cheers me on and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, I, you I, know, I learned some stuff. Yeah. Now, I grew up in the foothills of Kentucky, and so the Appalachian Trail, I, I've never done it. But like I said, I grew up in that area, and I know, I, I feel like I know the, I guess the beautiful lessons you learn of being in the silence out in the woods. You know what I mean? Not not being in the hustle bustle of cars running around all over the place, not being in the middle of just crowds of people, but just being in the woods alone and listening to nature and and kicking back in a way, which I mean, hiking the trail, I'm sure that was more, less kicking back <laughs> and a lot more struggle getting across the mountains, but. Well, and like the meeting the people, like if you want the isolation stuff, you can find that in your backyard. Yeah. A lot of people can go tent in your backyard. Yeah. You don't have to go far. Right. There's some woods right around that creek. Yeah. You know, people got, and they can go set up a tent. Nobody will bother them for days. <laughs> You can learn some isolation. Right. And I think that is some important thing to do. And, uh, um, I mean, there's a lot of artists that have discovered isolation. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Brought them to where they needed to be. Yeah. And, you know, like, that that really wasn't part of it. But, I mean, like, I experienced some isolation out there. Yeah. Like, I was by myself every once in a while because I I went, like, I didn't go with a partner or anybody else. I just, like, started walking (laughs) and then, like, met up with people, met up with whoever. Yeah, whoever else started doing the trail. And, like, if we didn't work out, I would start walking by myself again. Yeah. Like, I wasn't worried about it. All right, guys. Trying to make my way to a mountaintop. Have a good night, guys. (laughs) 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 Well, and, like, I did know people who left in the middle of the night. Because yeah. I didn't want to deal with the fallout. Yeah. You know, there was other people who had gotten ripped off by whores. Oh, man. Who had gotten ripped off by drug dealers. Oh, jeez. And, you know, who would gotten ripped off by this or that or other hikers. Yeah. Shit like that. And, you know, like, that's part of living. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's part of learning life. Yeah. Like, just because you go on this great adventure think you're safe but you're not no 
you've always got the guy behind the corner who's gonna even you know, take your stuff. Even though you're out there doing the same things together, uh, when man's involved, it's always gonna be somebody trying to pull something over on one another. I, I used to be very trusting and like so every time I met somebody, I just gave them a hundred percent of like I trust you and you know whatever they told me, I believed. I'm like awesome. No reason to lie to me. All right, let's. That's cool, dude. I'm glad you did that. Even if they were lying, I was like, all right. And I've had people like that uh, were sitting out in front of a Walmart when I moved. I moved to Lexington uh, for a while, and one of the first people I ever saw, they had their car hood up, sitting in front of Walmart. Like, oh yeah, the battery's dead. Da da da. They were they were kind of blitzed out of their head. And, but I wasn't looking at that. I was looking. They needed help. I'm going to help them. So I was like, hey, do you need to jump? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, look at this. I go to the big city. I'm going to help somebody out. Pulled the car up to them, hooked up jumper cables, and it about melted my cables down because their car was perfectly fine. They were trying to appeal to people's better nature so they could get some money for, uh, you know, various things. <laughs> well, and the first time I experienced that, I was going to school in Bowling Green. Yeah. Get up on that mic good. And um, I definitely saw like a homeless lady get from oh my god like a motorized scooter no oh, yeah and she came up to me and asked for money so that she could get stuff yeah like a gift for her daughter or granddaughter or something from yeah Walgreens and I gave her like seven dollars on my cash that's a lot of money for me right but I was like you know, it's a good a story gift. I feel bad for you here you go and you see her when you're driving away driving back around and you see her down there getting money from somebody else. Yeah. And you're like, well, what is she really getting money for? And then you have the philosophical dilemma of <laughs> going back and getting your money back. <laughs> well, no, you have the, you have the philosophical dilemma of like, why is this person asking for money? Yeah. What's, what's the root of this? Yeah. Because like, to get someone off their ass to go ask people for money in a parking lot on a motorized scooter, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. You've got that motivation. Why can't you put it towards not taking advantage of people <laughs> for the goal of getting some money in a way? Yeah. And, and also it makes me, you know, like I also don't like blame her for asking for money. Yeah. Like she was asking for something. Yeah. I had a lady in the UDF the other day me because she said she was thirsty and she wanted a soda pop and i said yeah i'll buy you a soda pop. <laughs> it's like absolutely absolutely if you're thirsty i'll buy you a soda pop like i'm not gonna stop you from having something you want yeah even though like it takes away from me like and i don't even know you right well that's an ideal situation of like you know that they want you to get it for them it's like oh you want a, a pop. All right. I'll get you a pop as opposed to here's some money. I trust you to go do with it as you're saying you're going to do with it. So, yeah, like actually having the, the substance in your hand and being like, here you go. You yeah. thirst no more. <laughs> and I think that's a big problem with welfare is that like people don't know where the money goes. Yeah. And absolutely. If people need welfare money, they need money to survive. Yeah. And even if you're just giving them like food stamps or whatever they need to survive. Yeah. I mean, that's like money they can use to sustain themselves. Yeah. When no other option presents itself, they can't work. And I've seen a lot of people like that down there in Walnut Hills. And uh, it makes me sad, you know, a lot yeah. of those people down there don't even keep their shoes on, mm. you know, 
coming here like, well, what are you guys doing out here? Yeah. Like, I just want to take care of people, but I don't know how. Yeah, that was kind of the dilemma I had in eastern Kentucky as far as uh, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. I've talked about it on the podcast before. He, The president, he came to Martin County. He came to my little town, and he went up on this uh, guy's porch that had like 12 kids and some hogs and just was living in filth and everything. But he had a garden, and he had some animals, and that's how they ate, and that was how they got food. They didn't have jobs. They just did what they could do around the way. So Lyndon B. Johnson came down and said, I'll declare the war on poverty. And everybody's like, yay, Lyndon B. Johnson, all right. And that instituted, like, welfare and all that different stuff, and it started off like, yeah, this is good. And But then the same people we were talking about before, you'll have people show up to say, I'm going to take advantage of that. Like, oh, if I just fill out this paperwork, I can get free money? All right. But then you have real people that needed it, like, you know, the guy that's got 12 kids and no job, and like, oh, he could probably use that to buy more crops, or he can use that to buy this or that. But it took such a turn over the years growing up in it, I guess, back home, where it just became more dependent on, well, how can I get that free check, as opposed to going out and using that free check to maybe buy some work boots to go get a job, or it was... How can I survive on just that without doing anything? <laughs> How can I get by and just pull that through? And I don't blame them. Like you said, I don't blame them for, for going through that. And I worked with youth back there that would jokingly say, I'm going to figure out how to get a check, like my dad. And I would be like, I get you're joking, but like, get, like go work <laughs> instead of try to figure out how to draw a check. Because they would, they would, I don't know, they would figure out little ways to work the system and stuff. And, and I guess there's enough of it going around. It's not taken away from people that actually do use it properly and stuff like that. But it, it became a, a problem, I felt. You know what I mean? Like In eastern Kentucky. Yeah, it was kind of an enabling system it, okay. for that situation. Uh, and, and like I said, not everybody went through that, but there was a lot of p- folks I saw their whole – I saw generations of their kids got a check somehow to, to, so they wouldn't have to go work. Like, well, if I can do this, just go fishing all the time and – <laughs> go get my check at the out the mailbox and is that not okay though just like people hanging out and having a good time and not working well i don't know uh because eventually what where does that bring us to though robots working for us <laughs> and but, making our food making but, everything we need but that money just have fun that money comes from people working though right that money people are going out and well, working jobs and paying antiquated, antiquated? yeah at this point historical scene of things yeah money, money will be antiquated you won't do that really i don't think so not in 100 years not in 100 years you think you'll have a u.s dollar in 100 years oh i think they're making up money right now for u.s dollar but <laughs> yeah so but i mean like just be a good person and you'll probably hang out you know that's what usually what i say right well I don't know if I'm 100% on that, but, you know, opinions are different. Everybody's got them. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, you know. Yeah. I guess asking you shall receive is, like, a very Christian thing to me. Yeah. And like, you know, like, when you think about, like, what people need. Yeah. And, like, if you ask for something, I think you should receive it. Right. If you've got the goal to ask for it. Yeah. Not be too prideful. Yeah. You should receive it. Well, I don't care if it's a dollar bill off the side of the street or a cheeseburger yeah. from somebody or a pen for somebody who's an artist. Well, 
and that's and that's where people get burned though when people take advantage of that situation. Ideally, that is great. If somebody has you know the nerve to ask for something, it should be given to them. And I've turned people away before, but I've also given to people that have been that have come up and said, "Hey, can I have something?" And you know, if I if I have the extra to give, I'll be yeah, oh yeah, here's some money, or here's you know a bus ticket or something, or whatever I've got. And but like you said, it's the people that take advantage of our situations. Like you said, out on the trail. Every once in a while, you'd come across a person that would try to rob you or you'd come across a person that would try to, like, screw you over in a way for their gain and not worry about what happens to you. So, and that's the situation that happened with me in Lexington when I tried to help jump that car. Like, I was really excited to help somebody. Like, oh, yeah, I get to help somebody. And then it turns out they were trying to take advantage of me, and I felt like a foolish person of, like, oh, if I would just use some common sense to be like, oh, well, here, try turning the car first, and if it started, I'd be like, oh, wait, your battery does work. Oh, you don't, okay. You know, that way, but I, I was so downtrodden of people just trying to take advantage of my hospitality in a way of, you know, hell, I was going to help you. It didn't stop me from still helping people, but it did, like, tear me down a little bit of, like, oh, man. <laughs> so, like, about how much percentage of that, like, when you seem like a helpful guy. And like, I try I to imagine, be. yeah, you yeah. would help people that need help. Yeah. Many? How many times do you think that, like, you know, you've been taken advantage of versus how many times you've actually helped people in those situations out in public or perhaps that, wherever? The percentage of people taking advantage of me, I feel, is much lower That's than the percentage of the people that actually have absolutely utilized what I've used or utilized what I've given. Two percent for me. Right. I probably couldn't put a real number on it, but I would say it is lower, most definitely. Yeah, 98% of people that I help need it. Yeah. And it's 2% fallout. Right. It's worth it yeah. to me. I help there. people. I don't care if they take advantage of the system. Yeah. They'll be the 2% con man always. Yeah. You know, and you got to watch out for them. You got to be yeah. wary. Yeah. As, as a protector yeah. of your community. Right. You know, you're aware. You got to be aware of who's going to try and take advantage of you. Yeah. As a provider. Right. Yeah. Just keeping your head on a swivel in a way. Right. Not, you know. Not There's being, people out there that need it. Not being duped easily or anything, but at that the makes same you time. you a better provider. Right. Not being duped. Yeah. But it happens. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I and think you it's know, what we're getting And, you know, there's no shame in being, per, you know, there's no shame in being taken advantage of. Yeah. There's people that are taking advantage of every day. Scam artists, con artists. Oh, man. The, scamming the government. I can't see. I can't see how. Corporations scamming the bank. I can't see how telemarketers still do it. <laughs> it's like so people still get hoodooed in a way, and it's like they they keep calling because it keeps working. And it's like, man, how is it people still today are falling for this stuff? And I get it. I mean, I've seen it happen before. People of them giving money to a Arabian prince <laughs> and losing all their savings, and just being like, oh, crap, that sucks. I had it happen to my friend out there in Milford, Ohio. Yeah. So, anyways. They decided that they were going to scam her by saying, calling her grandmother okay. and her mother and telling that she was in jail. Okay. And they needed to send $1,600 money over okay. to this email address or whatever. Yeah, yeah, however they had it lined out. So mom and grandma got crazy and started calling all the Hamilton County, Claremont <laughs> County, all the jails. All right. Guess who's just working? Yeah, at work, hanging out. Yep, <laughs> and not having a thing to do about it. Oh, man. But then all of a sudden getting this flood of calls about all this scamming stuff. Yeah. Rector day. Oh, yeah. 
No money was lost. Nobody was That's in good. jail. It's good that they had the foresight to be like, well, let's call the police station and make sure where she's at, yada, yada, yada. I wish they would have texted her first. Just right. Like, you okay? Well, when you get excited like that. I know. Your you're adrenaline's like, pumping, uh, yep. like, got to hey, figure this out. Yep. Like, And, like, I don't blame them for calling the jails at all, like, going about it that way. But, yeah. like, it wrecked her day because she had all kinds of friends and family calling her all day and stuff. Yeah. And she's just trying to work. She's just trying to work her <laughs> diner job that she's been doing for ages. Yeah, she's been working at Skyline for about twelve years. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Those are weird situations. I I get those emails all the time of stuff that they try to make it look legit, like an Amazon email or something like that. Yep. And like, I if you just you click the link, you're you're done. Like Facebook, that's it. Facebook feeds. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got hacked a little while ago. My, I think it was my e- while we were going on vacation together. Uh, I don't think I don't know if it was my email got hacked or something, but they started like they took over my Netflix account, <laughs> and they put their email on the Netflix account, which was weird because I was like, they can't get any money from that, but I guess they're just watching my Netflix now. <laughs> so I, I called Netflix like out outside of that window and was like, hey, there's somebody else's email on my account, and I can't use my account. And so they figured it out, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, uh, we changed it. I was like, well, can you, like, go after them or something? I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Then it happened again the same month, like a week later. It happened again, and I was like, hey. So I gave them a whole new email. I was like, all right, let's fix this around. But I was like, I mean, I let people use my Netflix account and, like, watch some Netflix. <laughs> but at the same time, this random person what said from California uh, with a Gmail account. I guess I could post it on the line. <laughs> well, I'm an FBI man, and now that you've given me your Netflix password, I'm going to have to shut you down. Oh, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, so where were we going on that? We were hitting on something that I was getting ready to roll with. But, um, but yeah, I guess uh, just helping in general is the way to go about it. Just keep on helping because I feel like – those little moments can either make or break you, and I guess it's how you handle those situations is what makes you the person like what you're saying that keeps on helping anyway, or it's going to burn you so bad. And like you said, you shouldn't be embarrassed, but in the heat of that moment, it can like embarrass you into a way of like, well, I'm not going to put myself out there so I don't get burned again. Or you can overcome it like you have and be like, you know what? I've been burned by 2% of them, but at the same time, I'm going to keep doing it, and hopefully it outweighs <laughs> the 2%, you know. Yeah, the 2% fallout. Yeah. I guess, like, one of the, like, lessons that I learned from the trail and something that I, like, I hope everybody else takes with them is that, like, the trail always provides. Yeah. And, like, no matter who's walking where. Yeah. We're, the trail provide for you guys. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. Just keep walking. It'll be all right. Just dory it up. Just keep swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming like Dory from Finding Nemo. I love that. Ellen DeGeneres. Man, what a queen. It was it was something. <laughs> oh, so what other stories have popped into your head that you that you thought you might want to share for your first Facebook or not Facebook podcast debut? Well, you know, I you know, I I went repelling when I was a young kid. Okay. That was absolutely terrifying. Okay. Um, and you, multiple times, it was at a leadership camp. Okay. Alpena, Michigan. And um, they'd have you jump off this big airplane wing, about 40 feet drop, and you just repel off. Yeah. And I 
was like probably like eight or nine years old. You're like, I do first not I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do it. And yet you just go off. You yeah. just do it, you know, because everybody else is doing it. Right. And uh, they'd light stuff on fire. They had this big C-130 that he just big fireman, like, exhibit with. And yeah. And they'd, like, light it on fire. And I'd be like, you could feel the heat coming off the Oh, thing. dang. And then they'd, like, spray it with, like, uh, all those fire hydrants. Right, water cannons. They'd march around the, the base and stuff. It was a military leadership camp. Okay. And, um. That was fun, though. Yeah. That was the first time I ever fell in love with a girl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so? Yeah. Well, not the first time I ever fell in love with a girl. First time, first time I ever saw a girl that I liked. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Did it really hit you? Yeah, I've always been. I've always been a big guy for the girls. Okay. Yeah. That but. I think that hits with a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, but I do have a new one. I'm getting married. That's right. That's super. That, that's how we've gotten to know each other. I know. Josh is my. He's gonna be. You gonna be my brother-in-law? Yeah. That's right. Oh, my brother-in-law. I'm gonna mm. be. I'm gonna be your officiator. Are we gonna as well. butt heads across this table just like fucking? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> We're men. <laughs> Crutch. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's no. coming up soon, man. I know. Coming that's up a soon. Thing. I'm super excited. Um, time passes. Oh, I wish I would have brought it because it would have been really good to read. It would have been good to hear it back later through the podcast world. Yeah, <laughs> but she's a great gal. Anyways, yep. Courtney McCauley. Yep. Soon to be Courtney Dalhauka with a K. <laughs> Dal McCauley Halco Halco Yeah, that's right. Dalhauka. There you go. She's going to. I thought I was going to have to take her sister's name when I got married to her. The Macaulay name. I, I was pretty sure that was going to happen. I was like, do I need to take your name? Where she's a professional and all that. What's that? I need. Oh, he needs to take your last name? Yeah, it's whatever. That's a lot of last names. I don't know. He's already got a lot to work with, so. <laughs> but uh, that voice in the, on the couch. MCD. <laughs> that's the voice on the couch, though, is my sister-in-law, Courtney. And she's, yeah, that's she's over here making sure we don't go too far off the rails. <laughs> She's doing a horrible job. No. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> yeah, he's talked about the Appalachian Trail a little bit. <clears throat> That's where we were starting. But, uh, but yeah, so you, you got through it. it. took you about six months to do the Appalachian Trail. She, she brought us back to the Appalachian Trail. Um, where, where was it exactly that you finished off? Because a lot of people don't realize it goes across, it spans across several states. It's just not Kentucky. It's just not North Carolina. There's actually no part that the Appalachian Trail touches Kentucky. Here, pull up on the mic there. I couldn't hear that. <clears throat> There's actually no part that touches Kentucky. There you the Appalachian go. Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, Which so is it sad. covers 14 states. Yeah. It goes through the Appalachian Mountain Range. Okay. And it covers mostly, like, the top um, peaks of every part of the Appalachian Trail up okay. to Maine. All through right. the United States of America. It also, like, they're continuing on through Canada, which I think is cool. I think they should. I think yeah. they should continue on through Canada. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that traverse that for different reasons. Yeah. There's not always people that just hike it just to hike it. Right. You know? Like, there's people who hike that for 
absolutely no reason. Yeah. Or the biggest reason. Or the silliest reason. <laughs> or, you know, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. Yeah. I've seen 85-year-old men out there. I've seen 24-year-old women out there. Yeah. I've seen white women. I've seen black women. I've seen Mexicans. I've seen every person you can think of out there. Running across them. Trying to find something out there in those mountains. Yeah. And I think it's pretty symbolic of what a human race is when it hits, like, a civilization overload. Yeah. Which is, I think, what we have here in America. Yeah. You know, people have reached their point, and they're all searching for something. You know? We're not... We're not necessarily building anything anymore that we can see. Now, the internet is something beautiful that we've built. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> She's pulling us back to the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> but the Appalachian Trail. Good producing just, over there. <laughs> I know. She's just the greatest producer over there. I wish Howard Stern could hire her. <laughs> You're our Robin. Yeah, you're a Robin. <laughs> hey, guys, shut up. And get back, <laughs> get the back on the story. No. Um, I know. I need to get an extra one. Just a cord, and you can just pop it on whenever you want. Shut up and get get back to get back to the point, guys. You're, you're coming off really stupid right now. <laughs> oh, mercy. But, yeah, so – Took you six months. It's not in Kentucky. Uh, see, I misspoke on myself there, and I was like, "Dang it! I totally forgot it wasn't in Kentucky." Well, <laughs> so I did. I did a couple of like podcasts while I was in Tennessee. Okay. Um, I think Virginia. They caught up with me. Yeah. Um, Damascus. They have a big Trails Day. Uh, it's called uh, Trails I don't know. I can't hear you because you're not up on the mic. Uh, So in Damascus, West Virginia Okay There's a big thing called like Trail Day Okay And they do a parade and stuff Okay And definitely like if you're interested in the culture And you want to get out there Make a a day out of it to go to Trail Day Figure out if you like Trail Day And then maybe hike Yeah, see if that's for you before (laughs) Yeah, and it's Damascus, Virginia Probably every summer at some point you can find it, but <laughs> what's that? Oh, okay. There's people that like to the find people who went before me. No, I'm they're beautiful. About the, the people who make the trails, because you said some years it's longer, some years it's shorter. It's just Is it people that maintain it? There's a lot of people who maintain the trail who are yeah, who don't probably don't even want to be mentioned just because like they do that just because they're good people. Yeah, but, like there's a lot of people that make the trail. There's a lot of trail bosses out there. There's a lot of people who are trail angels. There's a lot of people to thank about the trail. Yeah, and that's what I mean by like it's the trail will provide. Right, but that means you you know you got to provide for the trail. Right. You got to contribute as well as take. Yeah, and that's how everything is. You, it's always give and take. You know. Yeah. It definitely is, and um, there's a lot of people who make the trail. A lot of trail angels, um, hostels. Yeah. Um, I can name one 
but I'm not going to because <laughs> it wouldn't be fair to the others. Right. There's so many hostels. Just along the way in the mountains? So many places. There's a lot of, like, trail cities okay. along the way that, like, not necessarily in the mountains on the Appalachian Trail, but stuff you walk off to and find resources in. Gotcha. And they will provide you with shelter and yeah. food. They, they see you coming off the trail. They're like, oh, here comes another one. Yep. Let's rope oh, them in. Yep, let's rope them in. Let's <laughs> let's give him a good shower because he's stinky. <laughs> I can see know. the flies following him. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of people who live for that, and yeah. they're, they're trail angels. That's cool. And, um, you, know, you know, there's a lot of people like that that live that whole lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, those people go up and down, back and forth between, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've run across a lot of these folks uh, just in my time in like Red River Gorge and things uh, see I never was the backpacker type to just be like hey I'm going to take a few months and just go because I was always tied up with something else I was busy but I would always take at least a weekend or a few days and try to go up and, and hike some trails and hang out and be a part of the, the nature area and I would run into people uh, like you said trail angels that would show up with all this equipment and like be pulling railroad ties and bringing chainsaws in and just hiking through the mountains until they get to the end of a trail to like clean up trails or whatever, to like make it more passable. If a tree goes down, they would show up and, and it was all these volunteers that were just from random spots that love the gorge. And were like, Oh yeah, you can be a part of this. If you ever wanted to, you can sign up here and find these people. There's always people wanting to come and help clean up the stuff so that other people can enjoy the trail and the mountain. And so I've run into folks like that before. I've never gotten the joy to do that, but it was awesome to know that there are people. Because in your head, just going to visit somewhere, you just think, oh, yeah, it's a government thing. They pay somebody to come out here and do this or do that. It's no. Like Mm-mm. most of the most beautiful trails that you get on are from volunteers that come out and try to make it a better trail. Well, and even just people who are coming through and just picking up stuff. Yeah. That's a blessing in disguise. Oh, yeah. Nobody pays those people to pick up trash and put it in their backpack. Right. That's all I, you know, that's all people ask for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it makes people, a big difference. Some people, some people don't look after themselves, and we all have to look after them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's very we true. We want to keep it nice. <laughs> very, very true. Well, um, if you're out there listening and uh, it sparked a little bit of interest for you on the Appalachian Trail, you can look up some stuff on your own. But if you want to get up uh, with old Bean here, uh, you can get to him through me, and I can ask him questions for you if you have some questions about the Appalachian Trail or anything he's talked about tonight or today or wherever it is you're listening, if it's 2 in the morning or if it's at noon on your lunch break. Um, yeah, if you have any questions for old Bean, let us know, and uh, we'll relay that to him and get back with you to, to answer your questions that you might have. Um, if it's on societal uh, viewpoints or if it's on the Appalachian Trail or on – you know, where he was getting ready to go into the internet there. If you want to know more about that, we can, uh, <laughs> we can pick his brain and, and get you some more information. Um, but welcome back to the well Dagum world guys. Uh, thank you TJ for being a part of my show. Hopefully, uh, you can do this again sometime. We can share some more stories of experiences you've had. Uh, don't forget to thank the sponsors and <laughs> we appreciate you, uh, Robin over there on the couch. Uh, thanks for keeping us on track and not getting too far off, <laughs> uh, not letting us get too far off the trail. But, um, 
yeah, we're back at it, guys. We're going to start putting out some more podcasts. So if you want to be a part of the show, be sure to hit us up through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at WellDagumPod. Uh, well Dagum Podcast, if that, on Facebook. Hit us up. Let us know if you want to be a part of the show. You can share a funny story. You can share a meaningful story. We've had everything from poop your pants to growing up with polio. So, <laughs> so if you want to be a part, don't be afraid. If you want to make a debut on podcasting, uh, hit us up. We would love to have you as a guest in studio or via the interwebs. We can do it all. So uh, other than that, thanks, man. Good night, y'all. Yeah, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the flip side. I don't even remember how I used to end the show, but uh, yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>